All right, if you could turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, I'd like to read a, a short passage out of Master, Matthew chapter 6, and I want to talk today about how we combat anxiety, how we combat uh, worry, how we combat those things that bombard our thoughts and our minds because we are faced with things that we've never been faced before. We don't have a map from government that gets us through these things. We have his word and what we need to do is look to his word. So what I want to do is I want to read some verses out of Matthew. I've got a couple other passages I'd like to share with you too. And then I've got a short illustration at the end of the sermon. But I, let's if, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And in my Bible, the heading says the cure for anxiety. I'm starting in verse 25. Now Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is what they are referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. Some people would call it the manifesto of the kingdom, the kingdom declaration. What Jesus did was he was teaching the disciples and the multitudes that in the kingdom of God, there is a way of living that is different than the way they had learned or were taught in. And he was writing the ship. He was adjusting things and turning them over and flipping the tables to the way God wanted it to be. And I find it amazing, but in today's life and in our world today, there are many times that there are situations we face that the kingdom of God is completely different. For instance, giving. Today's world says tight, hold tight, hold tight. And I believe in saving and constraint and being careful. But in God's kingdom, he does not rule out generosity. He emphasizes generosity. And what happens is when we exercise the way of the kingdom, we see some of these things actually being taken care of in ways that we would never imagine. And I have found oftentimes I am the biggest deterrent or the biggest obstacle to letting the kingdom of God rule in my life. I am the one that gets in the way. So I want to share with you this thought this morning about anxiety, worry, concern, and that starts in Matthew 6 verse 25. It says, for this reason, I say to you, don't be worried about your life. I want you to read about and identify how many times the word worry, worried, or care comes up concern in this passage. Don't be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you're going to wear or what you're going to drink or what's for your body so that you what you can put on because is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or they don't reap into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much uh, very much more worth and value than they. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to your day? Who can do that by worrying? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field and how they grow and they don't worry and they're not toiling and yet God makes them beautiful. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory, glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so closes the, clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. And I love that phrase. How much more? How much more does your heavenly father 
Don't worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly, eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. Your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The context here is worrying about those things that seem to gravitate and pull so much of our energy, our resources, our capacity to live life. Worry is a robber. Worry takes from tomorrow and it pulls it in today. And what I have found myself is worry quite often is illogical. It tries to make you think that it's logical, but it actually comes and it starts to mess with your imagination. It starts to paint things or build things in your life that aren't even real. And what happens is that takes the capacity to live and now my life is the capacity I have to give, to be generous, to love, to share. My capacity of joy and peace is now all of a sudden, instead of having a full container, I have less and less and less room for those things that God wants me to enjoy in life. And I've often even found with respect to worry or anxiety that the things that I've worried about quite often don't even happen the way I expected them to. I have experienced many times where I said, well, that was different than I thought would be. I played it out in my mind this way, but God had done it this way. So I want to encourage you today as we go through this, don't worry about those things. But instead, what, the, what Jesus was saying is instead of taking all those things that take our capacity and reduce our capacity... He said, seek first God's kingdom. Instead of having all those things, start with one thing, and that's the kingdom of God. Place that in your life and seek his kingdom and his rule, his reign, his righteousness. And what happens, he says, all these things, all these things that seem to take up space in your life, actually, when you seek first his kingdom, he says, all these things will be added unto you. God's not concerned about the things in your life. He has them already for you. He is, he is not up in heaven saying, I don't want them to have things. But he says he doesn't want things to have us. God is not against things. He says no good thing will he withhold. All these things. So God is not against things, but it's when things have us instead of God having us. Then we have a problem. Then we have challenges. Then we have things taking place. In, instead of God, we have things displacing God. So worry is something that can mess with us, play with us, and do some crazy damage to our thinking and our processes. In Luke chapter 11, uh, Jesus came to a community and he went into Mary and Martha's house. And if you read in that passage, Martha is a little frustrated because Mary was sitting at his feet listening to Jesus. And Martha comes to him and says, don't you care about all these things? And Jesus says, you are distracted with all these concerns. Don't worry about that. She has chosen the one thing. 
I have found that if I can get one thing right in my life, so many other things will fall into place and come into alignment. And the one thing I have found is Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, having rule my life, having that be in my life uh, has been the one thing that when I have that foundation, that stone in my life, other things will come into place and other things will happen that I could not program, schedule, or manipulate, but God comes in and he takes care of. So worry can distract us. Worry can actually take the place of God. What I have found is quite often when I worry, the first one that leaves my life in my thinking is God. God doesn't leave me, but I do not bring him into the equation. I don't recognize God in this situation. And what I actually do is I take God's influence out of my life and I fill it with all these other things. And I have found as I've done that, the last thing is God tries, is I try to put God back in and there's no room. I don't have because my energy, my time, my capacity is full of all these other things. But when I can realign my priority and I put him in first, what I have found is all those things come to be and God does it miraculously and powerfully. So I want to encourage you, worry will rob you of the joy of the moment. Worry will displace things in your life and it will become an imagination that isn't founded in reality. Worry is a game, is a messy thing that happens in our life and anxiety. And what happens is we start to focus on that instead of focusing on God. Don't focus on those things that you can't control. Focus on what you can control. And what you can control is your relationship with God, your time with him, your intimacy with him, your moments with him. And what you do is when you start to do that, God will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom. The Holy Spirit will give you understanding. The Holy Spirit will give you discretion. And you will make better decisions by spending moments with him than you will by spending time thinking and making plans about all these things that you can't control. God is amazing that way. And in today's day and age, I don't care about COVID, whether it's COVID or anything else. This is a message that we face every single day. This was something a month ago, and this is something six months from now that we will have to battle is where do I put my focus? Where do I put my energy? Where do I put my time? Do I seek first his kingdom or do I take these worries and fill my container with the worries, the things that I can't control, all these things I can't handle? Do I put them in first and then drive myself crazy and try to figure these things out when if I put God first, he starts to work in my life? I'd like to read you a passage out of Philippians chapter 4. Paul is writing, and I find this amazing how he's writing this to, to the people in, in the, the Philippi area. And in chapter four, it says, uh, verse six, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Don't be pulled or distracted in different directions or worried about things. Be saturated in prayer. Be saturated in prayer. Throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Offer your request to God with overflowing gratitude. 
Come to him and say, thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Lord, you're so good. And he knows my needs. I know you're, you know me. You know my goings in. Lord, you know all the details about me. You know what's before me. You know what's be next. You know what's going to happen. I thank you, God, that you are my provider. I thank you, Lord, that you are my strength. I thank you, Lord, that you are my peace. And what Paul says is, is saturate your life with prayer. Saturate your life with prayer and bring faith filled requests to God. He says, and when you do that, tell him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding, listen to this, it's written here, will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So instead of worrying and spending time and energy on those things, take them, turn them around, seek first his kingdom, pray and come to him. And what happens is God will make a way where there was no way. God will provide you answers and, and give you thoughts and direction that you never knew or didn't have the capacity of before. So I want to encourage you, don't worry. One of my favorite passages as a young person, and I memorized it and I held on to it as a, as a foundation in my life was Psalm 37 verse 4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And what I found with that was as I, the more time I spent delighting in God, the more th other things started to happen in my life that were good. I've heard some people say, when you delight yourself in God, your life changes and all of a sudden everything you want is God-centered. And I understand that your priorities change, but also God is not afraid to bless you. God is not afraid to give you good things. And sometimes I believe we need to take the word and read it and say, God, I'm going to delight in you. And some of those periphery things that I'm trying to make happen, I'm going to release those. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to delight myself in you. And you know what? Some of those things start to happen in ways that we could not manipulate. So delight yourself in God. I hope you understand and hear me this morning. God is number one in our lives. He is the foundation stone in my life. It is through God, it is by God that I live. It's in him I live, in him I move, and in him I have my being. So don't worry, but instead put Christ and God as your cornerstone. I want to show you a little example of this. We're going to try to do this. I've done it on, uh, practiced it a few times, so we should be good to go. But I want to give you a visual example of how things can take place in our container of life that will minimize our capacity and that we, if we're not careful, we won't be able to fit in the things that need to be fit in, such as God. So I want to give you a little example. If we took this and we said, this is my life, this is my container of life. And what we have is we have a bunch of rocks, but we also have things. This represents the things. So I'm just going to pour it in into the here. And what I want us to see is our capacity in how it shifts when we don't put God first. And what happens is we, we take life and all of a sudden our capacity starts to decrease. Our ability starts to, to, to wane. Our joy doesn't seem to have the same levels or the limits. Our patience, our, the fruit of the Spirit seems to be in a battle or in a challenge. And what happens is, is our life, our capacity of life all of a sudden is less because of all these things. 
These things aren't bad, but what happens is these things take place of God. And then what happens is we try to take our life and we start to put things back into our life. And we have all these things, our joy. But my capacity to joy, my capacity to laugh isn't what it used to be. I have a shorter fuse. What I used to be extended, my, my long suffering used to be long and now it's just suffering and, and all these things. And what happens is I don't have the capacity. And what I used to be able to fit in here starts to wane and starts to get less. And I start to realize, you know, I used to be able, to, I used to have energy. I used to enjoy these things. I used to have all these thoughts and, and these aspects of life, which are real, which are important, start to, to come into our life and we start to realize, you know what? I'm starting to lose space. I don't have the space that I used to have. I don't have the capacity that I used to have. I've experienced it where I go, man, I'm a little, I'm getting frustrated easier. I used to be able to handle this. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to walk around. I, I'm starting to walk around. I wake up and I'm just not happy. I wake up and I'm already behind schedule. And what happens is these things start to fill up in my life and my space and my ability for life to handle things, all of a sudden, I cannot fit everything in there. My capacity is changed. My ability is less because I've filled it with things where I haven't talked to God first. And in Matthew 6, where he says, the Gentiles, the people that don't know me, he says, they think about these things. He says, don't worry about them. So I want to show you a better way. I want to show you a way that works better than this. So what we'll do is we're going to take these things out. And we're going to shift our life. We're going to shift our decision making. We're going to shift our priorities. We're going to shift our focus. Do you know what you focus on grows? Have you ever noticed that? When you focus on something, if it's worry, it gets bigger and bigger. You start to, to manufacture expectations. You start to manufacture plans. You start to manufacture ideas. And what happens is if we're not careful, we start to have our expectations on those things instead of on Jesus. So what I'm going to do here is I want to show you a better way of letting God into our life. So what we do is we remove these things, all these things that are important. But we start it a new way. We start with seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We start with understanding relationship with him, growing in relationship with him. We start with the, the foundations, the values of life, the values of his death, his resurrection, the value of friends. We start with the value of praying for others. We start with the value of, of giving, of generosity. We start the value of being kind one to another. We start with the values of one another's. We start to live the one another's in our life. And what we happens is if we flip the script and instead of letting these things start, we start to put in all of God's thoughts, God's ideas. The fruit of the Spirit starts to grow in us. And what happens is our container looks like it's getting full, but what we're doing is we're filling it with God's things in his way. 
We're filling it with commitment. We're filling it with faithfulness. We're filling it with his joy and his love, his peace. And we get to the top and we filled our container. And then the amazing thing is God comes along and he says, let me take care of you. And all those things that I used to worry about, he pours into my life and my container gets full. And what's happened and what's amazing is what couldn't fit in the container when it was one way fits in with room to spare when I do it his way. Seek first his kingdom. So I want to encourage you today. Take some time. Evaluate your decisions. Evaluate your thoughts. Evaluate how you're living and what you're doing. And if you have to make an adjustment, take those things out and put them in in the order that God wants them. Put him in first. Put his ways in first. Put his life into you first. Put prayer time. Put those giving, the generosity. Put the loving. Put being kind one to another. Put praying for one another. Put those things in first. And what will happen is God will take care of those things that we worried about, which aren't bad things. But when they take place of God, we don't fit them all in. And what God does is he takes those things. And just like it says in Matthew 6, he says, and all these things will be added unto you. And all of a sudden, our life now has everything in it. And even the pleasures, the joys that we were trying to figure out, God's put in there and they've got his blessing and his goodness. In Luke 6, 38, I read that at the beginning. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men put into your bosom. God will do things for you that you could never get or figure out or do yourself. When he is involved in the equation and he is put first, life will change for you and you will see things happen and your capacity in your life where you thought you couldn't handle it, you handle it and you actually have room left over. God bless you. God keep you. God God cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. May you have a phenomenal week and may you see God's goodness lived out in your life this week as you take time and spend time with him first. May you see goodness and his grace and his favor extend towards you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next Sunday. Next Sunday, we got some amazing plans. So you're going to want to see things online. We got some announcements coming this week for next Sunday. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Please make some comments online and uh, have an amazing day, an incredible week. We will see you throughout this week. God bless you.